the volume. This sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same-game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the sessions. How is everybody doing? What's going on? How is everyone feeling? Mother's Day is around the corner. Have you bought something? Have you ordered something? Have you made a reservation? Take care of the ladies in your lives. Hook them up a little something. Maybe just like, you know, a nice, well-written card goes far. Right up home. Clean the dishes. Doesn't have to be crazy, lavish gifts. Just do something nice. Um, let's continue to celebrate women here because this episode, I love, I love this episode. I love this conversation. I love this guest. I am joined by Michelle Beadle. This woman is an absolute trailblazer for female sports broadcasters. She really set the example for somebody like myself. I really look to Michelle Beadle as a woman that can be opinionated. You can be in sports. You can hang with the guys uh, and really just broke away from that, like behind the desk broadcasting kind of thing. And like, hey, if that's your that's your bag, baby, go get it. I love that. But I love that Beadle was out there having fun, being a big personality, uh, being larger than life and uh, just really owning that space. I, you know, I always remember being able to watch her on Sports Nation. I was like, man, that gave me hope for what I wanted to do in sports as a broadcaster. You know, I felt like I was doing something kind of similar to a degree when I was in Toronto of just like having different takes on sports and being able to tell some jokes with sports. That was just something that I loved. And I loved seeing Michelle Beadle do that from what she was able to do at ESPN and moving over to, to NBC. She's just had such an amazing career. But then she also went away for a little bit. She disappeared. She checked off social media. She was, you know, I mean, as a lot of people were kind of gone during the uh, during the old COVID years, but it's cool to see her resurfacing. She's back with her podcast. What did I miss with Michelle Beadle on The Athletic? Um, but yeah, she's a guest on today's show. Beadle rules. Here we go. This is Michelle Beadle. Congratulations on a thousand things. I'm like, oh, my God, it's been forever. It has been forever. 
It's been busy as all hell. Yeah, you guys are like adults, full-blown adults. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it's, I know you like, so wait, where are you? are in Cincinnati now? Yeah, I, I am the queen of the Midwest. I've taken on the honor. I moved back to Texas. Uh, you, if you told me that 10 years ago, I would have punched you in the face. How do you like being in Texas? How different is it? Why did you move back to the Texas? Let's get into that. Living in LA, I just bought a new house and I was like, didn't want to be there anymore. Soon realized I didn't have to be there anymore. It was when I came home for Christmas. Like after Leroy the Pug died, I was like, I'm going home for a while. And I honestly never really, I put it on the market from here and went back and packed up and bought a house here. I was like, why am I not just living here? My best friends are here. My parents are here and they're getting older. And like, I reconnected with a guy I dated 20 years ago and now we're together. Like, what? <laughs> I know. It's very weird. It's so but it's so, it's just, I say it's peaceful as though I'm, I mean, I'm fighting with homeowners associations. I've never had one. Oh, I love a good HOA battle. Bring it, bitches. Oh my God. I just went outside. That's why I was uh, two minutes late. I went outside with my camera phone thingy because there's a Jeep sitting there. And I'm like, are you taking pictures of my, and I snapped the picture of the license plate and it like took off and Marty just went after them. <laughs> I was like, this is going to end badly. I just noticed. <laughs> Oh my God, where we live now, we don't have an HOA, thank oh. God. Because honestly, like when we lived in Vegas, if our palm trees got like a little bit long, they were on us every fucking time. Where now we've had our laundry machine sitting outside of our house for about three weeks and no one has said a word about That's it. That's like you would think I have like chickens running around the front yard and like cars without wheels. I'm like, I'm trying to add pretty plants. Leave me alone. Let a woman live. <laughs> It's such a different lifestyle, though, like getting out of L.A., getting out of New York, not feeling that you have to be bound to one of those cities anymore. What a fucking relief. Yeah, it's weird. I, like I miss the vast array of food delivery options in both both cities. I do miss I'll always miss New York. And if I had to move back to New York tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be totally OK with it um, because I the vibe. I love the vibe. But yeah, it is. It's weird. I thought I would. I would look, I was never a party person or a super social person. So I don't miss any of that stuff. Like I never really put partook in it in the first place. And this has been just chill. I like knowing that my two best friends are here. And if we want to have wine, they'll, you know, come over and we'll have wine. And it's, I haven't had that. I haven't lived in the same city as them for 22 years. So it's, it's kind of nice. I guess it's like that hindsight is 2020 kind of situation. Cause I feel like that now here in Cincinnati and like Vegas is its own weird little like hustle and bustle that we also never really partook in. But I was like, mm, I kind of want to get out of here. This isn't our vibe. It's weird. But now just being in like a regular city, I don't know if it just reminds me of Ontario or like there's a Canadian-ness to it that I like. I've got to go out and do so many things. It's nice to kind of pare it back and just go back to the basic shit. I think that that's exactly why I'm at peace. Because had I not gone and lived my life, I would not be happy. I would be very mean. You'd be trying to claw your way out. Yeah. A hundred percent. It's the, like I did it. I did rat racy stuff. And now I'm just like doing, you know, do what you want. And if you don't want to do it, don't do it. It's like, it's, you know, you're not competing with a bunch of a-holes for, you know, the one job you think exists in the world. It's like, I know. So is his family there? Like how, why Cincinnati? Yeah, so John's from here. His mom's here. His dad's in Dayton. His grandmother's here. So it's really cool that we have our daughter who can like hang out with her great grandmother and her grandmother. And it's a drive to Toronto. So it's it's so nice. There's parks to walk to. There's like as much as it can be just like kid friendly. I'm like, oh my God, like living in Vegas is like living in the devil's asshole. Like you just can't breathe. I wouldn't be able to do it. 
I don't even love it. Like even like the fun parts of it to me, I'm like, mm, it's too hot. I don't gamble. I mean, I guess if you want to smoke a cigarette inside, that's a bonus. You <laughs> can always do that. Ooh, big win. Big win. <laughs> big W. So it is really nice to kind of like pare things down and get back to basics and just just live a life. Okay, let's get into this love life situation. A guy you dated 20 years ago, you guys have reconnected and you're back together. How did this happen? Yeah, I don't know. I, I like I went with my friends and um we ran into him and then we all sort of met up at a bar. And I, I remember we just talked for hours and hours and hours. And I remember texting my two best friends and I was like, am I a dumbass if I hang out with Marty again? And they were just like, no, you know, friends are stupid. Like they're just, yeah, my God, it's okay. But yeah, it has really just been, yeah, there's something to be said for sort of like we were in our twenties. He was an asshole. He cheated, but I was also an idiot because I was 20 and like, I've gone and lived my life and done things. And we, I just, we're different people and it's lovely. You know, once you kind of relearn each other, like we have to, I don't, you know, I don't know how to fight, to be honest with you. Oh, I'm, I'm I do. Like, Bring it. Oh, Let's God. go. Well, I'm bad, but I'm bad <laughs> at it. I go immediately for the jugular yeah, and too. then nothing gets done. <laughs> Oh my God. I know. I'm totally the same. I try to be better at that. Poor John's like, can you just back up for a second? Like knives are out. Let's go. (laughs) Then you realize like, I don't even remember what the original fight was about. Um, Okay. So you guys are together. It's been like, he's aged well, I would assume. I mean, you saw him and you were like, let's go Marty. Yeah, it was weird. It was just like no time had passed except for like an entire lifetime had passed. It was one of those things like, which was weird because I'm obviously, you know, i I left for a long, long time and like lived a weird, like seven different lives. So I obviously am a, way different than what I was, was just, we were waiters together. Like, nope, that's it. Okay. I, I'm dying because he just chased down me. <laughs> he just chased down the car and got the license plate. Someone has to do it. <laughs> I don't know if this is how you're hey, supposed to do homeowners. get back here. Just put it on. Do you guys use that neighborhood app? Here's my pet peeve with that. I write this entirely beautifully well-constructed essay about not bitching, right? Like just here's what I've gone through. I want to know if everyone else has gone through because I want to know if it's like an anomaly or if this is the norm for how this business runs itself. And you get like grown people going like, well, <laughs> I just spent 20 minutes writing this beautiful essay. I didn't come here for the hearts. We need to have a conversation. Don't let me track you down and ask you if you have had the same. <laughs> I, like, I don't care about the like. I, I need to know. I'm trying to I'm trying to unionize. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> I'm trying to stockpile information here, people. I'm going to go door to door. The flyers. Shit. Yeah, here's a survey. Please fill this out. The irony is it's Texas who claims to be free and blah, blah, blah. And I came from California, which they here think is like communist. And I like never had anyone bother me about my house there for seven years. It's like, come on. Football fans, check out the three and out podcast with John Middlecoff only on the volume podcast network. John brings his unique perspective as an ex-NFL scout to the volume to break down all the news around the NFL and college football. Whether you're looking for game predictions, coaching searches, the ins and outs of the NFL front office, even an occasional golf tip. John has you covered. Download 3 and Out with John Middlecoff, only on the Volume Podcast Network. What have you been up to? What has your time off been like? I mean, you're, you're back. You've got your podcast. You're with The Athletic, which is great, and we'll get into that stuff. Before that, though, having this downtime, what was that like for you? What were you doing? Where were you? Because I missed you, and I mean this in a very uncreepy <laughs> way. I feel like I thought about you a lot where I'm like, where is Beetle? <laughs> because you like 
you weren't ever on my Twitter timeline. I never really saw you on Instagram. And I was like, where is Beetle? What has she been up to? And now you're back. Yeah, it was cathartic. Like I, well, originally when I left, I was like, I'm going to travel. So I went to a few places by myself and was like, just, I loved it. I did not realize once you sort of uh, break the seal of traveling by yourself, like overseas or whatnot, there's no going back. I loved it so much. And my intention was to do that for like a while. And then obviously everything sort of shut down and it went back home. Once I sort of removed myself from social media, which I do highly recommend, like it was cleansing because you didn't care. I didn't need to know. I was like, anyone who needs to tell me anything, they'll they'll just text me. So like, I'm good. And a few days would go by and I didn't miss it. And then weeks. And the next thing I know, I was like, months have gone by and I like, oh crap, that was nice. And so I just sort of, I gardened, which I've done here. Like it's, I, turns out I love gardening. Listen, I'm going to be texting you for real, for real. Cause I'm about to take a deep dive. I'm about to. I just was outside pruning tomato plants, you know, as most hot, sexy women do. Uh, and like, it's just, it's very, it's satisfying when you put a seed in the ground and next thing you know, you're eating a tomato. You're like, oh my God, I just, I did this. I like using my hands. I want to get dirty. I want to like, I really want to roll up my sleeves and get into that. So legit, I'm going to be hitting you up. Maybe this is our new show. What do we call gardening with? What's a good, I always go alliteration first. Gardening with the girls. <laughs> no, there you, go. there you go. Boom, done. <laughs> yeah, we're going to garden with the girls. Yeah, you, I, I think you're going to love it. It's so soothing. You just put on like, if you listen to podcasts or music or whatever, I'm just, I spend hours out there, but um, yeah. So I did that. I learned how to knit. I tried to like better myself, but then I realized very early in, I was like, nah, I don't really feel like doing all that. I just kind of want to veg out. And I, I lucked out because I had a very, what were we calling them back then? Pods, right? Our little pods. Oh, of yes. people. Our little safety pod. Yeah. Yeah. I had a decent pod. So I didn't really miss like anything. Uh, and you know, LA was locked down for I think before a lot of people and longer than a lot of people. And so it was just, we got used to that and that was it. And then I didn't intend on having it a whole nother year added on to my, you know, not working, but it sort of worked out that way. <laughs> I was like, okay. Picking up all these hobbies, like gardening, knitting. I also picked up a knitting hobby. Did you? What'd you make? Anything? I did um, an infinity scarf. I made a couple hats. <laughs> well, I made an infinity scarf because I didn't know what else to call just kept it was knitting. a scarf that never <laughs> fucking ended until I sewed the the ends of it together. Um, but I took a class because I was like, I, like, I don't know if this is something that you're into where you just like start a hobby and then you're like, okay, I, I now know how to do that. But like, is it my passion? Okay, never. I have like a whole pile of like knitting needles, every fucking size. Yeah, I bought like $700 worth of yarn and used none of it. I was like, I'm over it. Yep. I got the yarn. I got every needle in every gauge. I got like, um, like a, <laughs> I got like a little container to like organize it all. And it's like buried, buried, buried. Do you start a lot of hobbies and then just like decide that's not for you and move on? I feel like my friends laughingly at one point call me a Roman candle. Cause I'm, I burn so hot when I'm excited about something and then it just fizzles out. So when I do stick with it, like the gardening thing has been probably one of the the staying ones, I get very excited when I love something right away. And I think that goes for everything, whether it be hobbies, food, television show, humans, like you meet someone, you're like, oh my God. And then you're like, I hate that person. So yeah, it's just every single thing I tend to, it's a, I don't know if it has, I don't do astrology, but I feel like maybe it has, it's a very like burn hot and drop quickly. You're like, okay. Okay. So having all this time off social media, picking up these new hobbies, did you have 
any weird feelings about not being on television in terms of like an identity crisis. Did you ever go through that? I thought I would. So my last stuff was what? The finals of 2019. So I already knew that I wanted to leave during that period. So, but if you told me like maybe at the beginning of those playoffs, perhaps, or maybe mid season that, Hey, you're not going to do TV in a couple years at all. And I would, I would have been like, what, well, who will I be? Like, what does it mean? But I didn't like for me doing the NBA at that level, like doing the fun, that was a moment for me and I did it. And I'm like, okay, maybe because I did that, I was very calm and I didn't miss it. I think I just didn't miss well, there was no drama in my life. Like I went from just sort of some garbage people kind of making crap for everybody else to like no garbage people in my life at all. And that was such a nice, peaceful way to be that I, I maybe that's why I didn't miss it. It was weird. I don't know. I thought I would. I really did think I'd miss it more than I did. When you were doing your show for NBC, what was that experience like for you? It was nice to be wanted, um, you know, by like another network to come along and sort of court you in a way was like, oh, wow, this feels great. And it would have been, I think it would have been a much more pleasant experience. I, I just think, again, I think this happens probably more times than it doesn't. You get too many cooks in the kitchen and somehow that one cook is louder than everybody else, whether it be by title or what have you. And they, they kind of just come in and crap all over what was the original vision and idea. They were like, hey, you're going to pick your host. And, and we all, we talked about it. I knew who, and then they went with some dude that like, I, I don't think he and I could have gotten along worse. And I was just sort of like, what happened here? What's the deal? But it was nice. I got to live in New York. You know, I got to do Access Hollywood, which was also a hell of a learning experience. I, it was my first office. I, you know, ESPN has cubicles, so it doesn't matter how big time you are. But like having your own office and they gave me an assistant, which to this day is one of my closest friends. Oh, yeah, I had nothing for her to do. I was like, uh, do you want to just hang out with me and go to dinner? Like, I don't know. <laughs> got nothing. There's nothing in my life that needs another person to help me do, but it was good. It was nice to, and it was also nice to leave because sometimes when you leave somewhere that they like, Oh, maybe we, we actually, we probably do want you back. So let's do this. And it it was good. Overall, it was a good experience. I've learned to like, well, a you don't want to live through life being a bitter asshole because nobody likes that. But more importantly, I'm trying to take like the bigger sum of all these experiences because sometimes I think we focus on like that person who ruined it. And then it's like, no, actually a lot of cool things happened during that period. And that's what I'm trying to focus more on these days, which is not always easy. And some days you're like, no, that guy was a motherfucker. Totally. But like, oh, they're failures. (laughs) Well, great karma. And then, you know, karma. And I still stupidly believe in karma. So we'll see. Oh, I 100% believe in karma. Why does it take so long though? I know. Because you really want to see that payoff. I want to be around for the payoff. Can I be a fly on the wall for the payoff? That's the thing. I don't want to miss that part. When I was watching you, you know, when you left ESPN, you were over at NBC uh, and you were doing the crossover. Um, To me, that seemed like it was just like the dream job. I was like, Beatle is fucking doing it. (laughs) Like, that's what I wanted to do. What are some things that you would have done differently or an instance of doing a show like that to just like rebuild a show like that around a woman covering sports, adding in some entertainment to make it work? Because a lot of times, they get fucking canceled. Why? Why, why, why? And I can be honest enough to say, like, it wasn't the best show on TV, but it sure as hell wasn't the worst show on TV. And I do think a lot of times, um, and it's not to say that men in power are always going to pick other men, but for the 99% of our lives, everyone that's in charge of picking shows and making television, they're men, right? And so if, if it's between me, the loud, obnoxious chick that always has an opinion on everything, 
And this guy who's like schmoozy, schmooze, schmooze. And like, I'm going to lose, I'm going to always lose that battle. And I never was good at that. I never played the game probably the way you're supposed to, to extend your career as long as possible. Like even now on sort of the national scale, if you look at like, whether it be late night, whatever, it's predominantly still men. And I don't know if that's because there's this weird, dumb idea that like men are funnier. No, there are funnier women, there are funnier men. It doesn't matter. It's just a very weird thing. I think I would have stuck to my, I mean, look, I only stuck to my guns as much as I could. It'd be nice to sort of find ourselves in a situation with more women from the top down so we could sort of work together and do what we want to do. But it's a very slow moving process. It feels like disheartening when like whether it was, you know, your show going through that to like seeing Chelsea Handler doing her show to the people that have stepped in after her and like it doesn't work. It doesn't work to like this knee jerk reaction to, oh, this thing isn't the exact thing right away instead of like let some shit marinate. Let something become great. Like you can't assume the first season of something is going to be great when you're trying something new, giving somebody a new opportunity for like that person to even figure out for the host to figure out their role now in that world. And it it sucks because now there's almost like this insane pressure of like, if you are, you know, man or woman, you get in that spot. It's like, well, you better fucking hope everyone likes every little bit of this show immediately or it's going to get yanked and now it's this failure and it's so annoying. When we started Sports Nation, it was a vehicle for calling Cowherd and it was a bunch of us degenerate sort of fate like stepped in and put us all together. Now, if we had gone by the normal rules of what makes a show, what doesn't, that show would have been canceled. Like it would have been canceled in the first three months. We were doing dumb stuff. Our theory was like, just try everything once. Maybe it works. Maybe who knows? We don't know. That's the whole point, right? And they did. It, it was weird because at that time, and I do think that there was a, <laughs> I won't say better, but it, it was a better, it was a better regime in place at the time that was sort of letting people breathe a little bit more. Um, I don't feel like at that time, that sort of cutthroat, everyone's losing their jobs every other week vibe was over everybody still. Cause that's, that's a huge part of it now. There are very few jobs. There are very, so many cutbacks. And like, you know that if you make one misstep, maybe you're out. And then what are you going to go do? There aren't a ton of jobs available. So I get the panic vibe, but you're right. Like the reason I always point to TNT, and I think we all know this, that's the, the NBA show. It's the greatest thing on television. I don't care what anybody says about any studio show anywhere. And that's because they have freedom to just be themselves. And they've been allowed to marinate for what, two decades? No one's bothering them. And then if they are bothering them, the people in the back are sticking up for them and letting them do their thing while they deal with the garbage in the back. And that's a tough thing to find too. I'm sure there's been a million people trying to put you in a box your entire career. What are some of the instances of people either telling you to have less opinions or do X, Y, or Z to try to make you the broadcaster that they wanted you to be? To my face, it has not happened, really, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I should say <laughs> That's that. That's nice. To, be, to think it hasn't happened, but I'm sure it has. Um, I think when I blasted the NFL, which was funny to me, because I had been vocal against the NFL like my whole, for a long, long time, you know, dating back for a while, because they've done enough stuff to piss people off. And for some reason, the one morning I'm like, I'm not watching, I'm not going to watch ever again. That, that was the one that stuck. I, it was weird, because I had already not been watching at that point for an entire season. But- Again, I don't regret it. Like, A, it's stupid. Who gives a shit if some 40-something-year-old chick's not going to watch football? What does that matter? But because of the, like, sort of incestual relationship between networks and leagues and what have you, it's funny what will be the thing 
that pisses people off. Like, I didn't think that would be the thing that would piss people off, to be honest with you. But yeah, I think for the most part, people who have hired me, hired me knowing what was coming. Not at the beginning, because at the beginning, I didn't even know what I was doing. But like, since then, I think you, you either are going to hire me because you want to, or you're, you're going to stay away. There's no in between. It's a funny thing because I feel like obviously men have far more leeway with uh, being able to talk a little shit, be opinionated, get into arguments, whether it's with players, with whatever. Can you imagine physically threatening a player on national television and not only not being punished, being glorified and rewarded repeatedly? I, I, it's nuts. It is crazy. But, you know, I will say, I mean, you know, from... Me being in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and seeing Michelle Beadle doing Sports Nation, and I was like, oh my God, that's what I want to do. This is great. I know. I wanted you to come and like we do some dumb thing together. <laughs> I know. I was like, Let's do something stupid. I know. And then I thought there was maybe going to be a moment that you were going to join WWE. Were there ever conversations about that happening? I had talked to like uh, a couple people. Just sort of like casually. I mean, I don't think anything ever was formal. It was just sort of like an gauging an interest type thing. I've always said, I'll do it once. If I don't want to do it again, I won't do it again. That's all I know. So I was always open to any of it. I mean, to this day, I like, I feel like I'm starting my career over again. It's like, I'm open to pretty much anything. You know, I don't want to interview the Kardashians. Other than that, I'm pretty open to like whatever it is you want me to do. So yeah, it was like, but very cash, like nothing that I think ever really probably would have turned into anything. As I was like sitting down, like getting ready for this interview and like rattling off the million different jobs you have held from like travel channel, discovery, obviously covering sports to like bull riding, like you have done everything. What is, what's something that you would love to go back and revisit? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I would, the funny thing about the travel channel show is if you say I worked for the travel channel, you're like, oh my God, where did you go? Like, and, and I didn't, it was like their one and only sort of attempt at a dating show. We, we shot it all in Miami, which was my one year of living there. And that was interesting, but I would love to do something for one of the discovery channels again, because I think what they do these days has, is so interesting. Like I like the idea of traveling. The thing that's taken place of we all have our late night show dreams is now we all have our like Anthony Bourdain-esque 100%. type show dreams. It's like, I like very- food. I like to travel. Let me fucking go. I'll do I it. Know, right? I love asking questions. I like learning things. I love food. I like, yeah. So for me, it's a no brainer. And that seems to be sort of the network of television channels that specializes in that world. So yeah, I feel like I'd want to go back and do that. Do I want to do another dating show? I No, absolutely. I do not. Unless I do wish... I watch all these garbage shows, right? Like Temptation Island and Love Island or whatever. And it's, you know, this beautiful. Have you been watching Love is Blind and oh, yeah. um, The and Ultimatum? Ultimatum? Dead. Ultimatum killed me. I was Fuck, like, what am I me watching? Up. I know, I know. Oh, and what are Nick Lachey and Vanessa Lachey? What are you, what's happening right now? Who are y'all? <laughs> and so I, I think <laughs> I want so some great. of those shows to come exist, but I want it to be people like my age bracket. Like, you know, maybe they've been divorced or whatever, or maybe they never got married. That to me would be so fascinating to watch. Why does that not already exist? I mean, I don't need to see a 22 year old being like, I'm getting married now and you've got to give me kids now. It's like, you need to calm down. First of all, shut all of your holes, (laughs) shut them all up. You know, at least with the Island ones that everyone looks amazing in a bikini. fine, whatever. I get the sex sells part of it. But we also, I think those of us that watch that stuff, I don't, I'm not watching for bodies. I'm watching because of the dumb shit that I these see people the crazy. say. Yeah. yeah, I get invested in like, yeah. how dumb are you? Yeah. And so people are like, 
thirties, forties, fifties. Oh my God. I would watch that in a second. I think that's a great idea. People that have like already been burned by previous relationships. They've gone through a nasty divorce. They've got like piles and piles of child support. Let's get into that show. You're going to have that cheesy guy who thinks he's smooth, but now you got a bunch of cynical women. They're like, (laughs) bro, step away. I couldn't imagine if I was not with John and had to like date someone else and like learn somebody else. I'm like, oh my God, I'm used to all of his bullshit and his quirks. Like, I don't want to learn somebody else's. No, that's the biggest, like my best friends, one's been married for 20 something years. The other one, I think maybe 10, but that's her big, the one with the 20 something is like, I, if he dies, I'll never date again. And I'm always like, stop. First of all, you don't know that. You can't say that. I mean, and she'll be like, no, can you imagine exactly that? Like, I have to like relearn something and like laugh at stupid. I'm like, no, you don't have to do any of those things. But it would be kind of funny to watch. I want to watch that show. I want someone to make that show. Fight fans, take your best shot with a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 from FanDuel Sportsbook. Even if your fighter gets knocked out or tapped out, New customers get up to $1,000 back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code Renee to bet on all the biggest boxing matches and UFC fights. Get up in there, make some money. You guys can choose from the money line and the method of victory and so much more. FanDuel is America's number one sports book. The app is so freaking easy to use. And when you win, you get paid real fast. And FanDuel Sportsbook has just launched in Ontario, Canada, my home province. Let's get after it. So to place your first bet risk-free, just sign up with the promo code Renee. That's R-E-N-E-E. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Minnesota, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is not withdrawable set credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8- HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee and visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia or 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. So you're back in the podcast world. What did I miss? Which what a great, I love this. Um, What did you miss? Well, I didn't watch sports for a big chunk of it, just purposely like stayed away. Well, A, because NBA was my favorite. And then that next following season was the bubble. And I to me, that never counted. That was just might as well not have the season. And so I just sort of stayed away, which was kind of cool to do. You realize like without watching sports as much as I think we do these days, like all of a sudden my conversations were different. I was just like, oh, I'm not even, I don't even know what's happening in the world right now. Eventually it hit me that I was like, I kind of miss talking about some of this, like whether it be the dumb stuff that these guys do, like Ben Simmons is a, such a stupidly ridiculous topic or like some of the serious stuff like Deshaun Watson. Like I did miss having a room to talk into like that. That was, but that didn't come along until, I mean, maybe a year ago. That's when I was like, you know, maybe I could go back to work. It sounds like it's probably a good time, but that was it. And I, I miss sort of the camaraderie you have when you have like a regular job and you've got the people you love working with and you see them every day or whatever. And I did miss that a little bit too. Cause I just, my, I only had my bubble. I was like, Oh, these are, I'm sick of y'all's faces. 
I know it's funny because even like, I mean, with me doing this show, I do a serious show. I do a thing with NHL Network. I don't hang out with any of these people in real life. I've only met a few of them in real life. Otherwise, it's like you're a person on my Zoom chat and we get to hang out. Yeah, I know. I, I do miss that, like going in, seeing people, being able to like bullshit in real life. I miss I miss that aspect so, so much. Or even just having, like, I, I was thinking about the other day, I have these tickets, right, to like New Kids on the Block, but my two friends here are going to be out of town. In the old days, you'd be like, cool, I'll just invite a couple of the kids from work and da-da-da. And I was like, I don't have any people from work. <laughs> Nobody lives here. And it's that was when you realize, like, well, it's just, it's very, uh, it's very different. I don't, it's a mixed bag because on the one hand, it's kind of nice not having to go to an office every day. But then on, in moments like that, you're like, the social part of that was nice. Like, I miss that a little bit. I know. Same. As much as I love to be a recluse sometimes, I'm like, but on my own terms, can I hang out sometimes? Exactly. Like I'll hang out the days I want to. Hang yeah. Out. Otherwise kick rocks. <laughs> um, what makes a podcast work? Everybody has a podcast. Everyone's got a space for it. Are there ones that you listen to or things that you like, what do you think about before you go in to do one of your shows? The podcast that I listen to most, um, especially before doing any of this, I, I always listen to a lot of the, like the history ones, like the American history or, you know, they're like four or five parters where you learn things or like business wars where you learn about Levi's versus guests. I, I don't know why I I'm fascinated by like origin stories, I guess. And so those obviously aren't podcasts that any of us are doing. We're doing like personality conversation driven podcasts. And I, I was like, I don't think I've listened to a ton of those. So I started to go in there and, you know, I have a couple of friends uh, Zach Harper and Amin Hassan, they do like this movie one, Cinephobe, and it's ridiculous. And they're both so dumb and funny and lovely. And I liked that. Um, this is what I won't do. And I, I learned this. I can't do like the three hour podcast. Fuck no. I, I, can't. I actually think those should be illegal. I don't know who's even who's lit. I mean, I understand people are listening to these three hour long podcasts, but like, no. Yeah, the three-hour podcast is uh, it's a special breed of person that can, A, do that or B, wants to do that. I won't do those. I like the like sort of short, sweet, funny. Wait, what, I was listening to one the other day. I, was, I didn't even know who this person was. And I was like, oh, they had like a fun personality. But I basically am that person that goes on like Spotify or Wondery and I'll be like, oh, listen, and just sort of explore, which is weird because I listen to a lot of sports talk. Like that's my, probably the thing I listen to the most, whether it be in the car or gardening, what have you. And so that's the thing. I don't know what makes any of this stuff. I have no idea. I suppose much like any other sort of media consumption, it's like, well, do you like the people that are delivering it? I think that's important. And then if it's not that, or plus that is the content, but it's just a, it's a bizarre, you're right. We all have one of these. Like, it's a very funny thing. I know. Well, even when you and I were talking, I was like, I want you to come on and do my podcast. And you're like, yes. And you must do mine. <laughs> that's like, that's how the yes. conversations are. Like, yes, of course. That's, that's how it works. We it's all so do each funny. other's shows. I like, I know. And then you tell me like, you tell me, you know, Hey, Joe Rogan's podcast is the biggest podcast in America. And so I have listened to it for five minutes. I'm like, it ain't for me. That's not for me. I know. But I can't explain why everyone loves it. Like, I don't know. Also, can I just have, like, I just want that payday, please, for the love of God. I'll take a half of that payday. I'll take, uh, yeah, give me a fraction of that. And I'm still like, I'm happy. I'm good. Because let's be honest, it's wasted on Joe Rogan. His fashion set, come on. I know. We could do so much better with that money. I know. Let us try. <laughs> There's a lot of rich people that end up in very interesting situations. You're like, really? Like Elon Musk buying Twitter? Like that's what you're spending your money on? I, if I have 44 extra billion dollars sitting around, guess who's not buying Twitter? 
Yeah, I, I guess, guess she was going to Mars instead well, while I guess right? he's doing that anyways. But Oh, yeah. I'm going to do some petty stuff and then I'm going to do some <laughs> cool stuff. Like that's that's what I'm going to do. But I, I, although I guess you could put buying Twitter under petty maybe for him. Maybe he's more like us than we know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe there's more to the Twitter game. I hope he adds the edit button. That's all I can say. Please, for the love of God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I don't get it. It's not for me. Um, let's talk about your family. What's your relationship like with your family? You've got, you've got two younger siblings, right? A brother and a sister. What's your relationship like with them? So my brother is in LA. So when I told him I was moving back to tech, cause he always has wanted to sort of make his way back to Dallas. Um, and he, he will eventually just not right now, but is your brother a very handsome man. I feel like he would be, he's like, a, yeah, I think he is. He's like, a. I mean, I, I'm not going to tell him that I, told him he's a stupid asshole and he's gross, but that's <laughs> just between he and I, uh, no, he's, he's yeah. And he's a very good person. Um, and I say that 100%, like I, because I will just in the same breath tell you, I haven't even spoken to my sister in like probably 15, 20 years, maybe. Yeah. Oh. We, we don't speak. It's like, there's like three siblings. Um, but really just Robert and I, and we don't, we don't really associate with her. What happened? I guess it's just the boring cliche black sheep and it never mended itself like it was you know I think there were attempts through our earlier adult life but eventually I, I'm a very sort of I gave you I, I barely ever give people second chances that's sort of my growth but I tried and I tried and we're just two very different people and I think she was the middle kid and I think growing up like I was a, a like an overachiever nerd I get why she didn't like me when we were younger I mean I get that but to also carry it all into adulthood and still be angry is like I don't really get that. I stopped getting it after a while and it wasn't worth it. And I used to say like, look, life is too short. You can't pick your family, but I sure as hell don't have to hang out with them. And so that was easy. <laughs> that was one of the easier decisions. Is she close with your parents? Not my mom, just my oh dad. Oh my gosh. He's very neutral. He's very sort of optimistic in the sense that he thinks just, you know, one day it'll be fine. I'm like, yeah, maybe, but probably not No. But my brother's awesome. My brother and I are very similar, very sarcastic. Our senses of humor are gross and immature, and we get along in that regard, which is good. What about your mom? I, I mean, it's in your Wikipedia, so I don't know how true this is, but your relationship with your mom that you she she didn't know English and you got like she was like your best friend growing up. That's in my Wikipedia? Yes, that's in your Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Yeah. Freaking weird. Isn't that Who weird? That? I know it's like an odd little tidbit, but I was like, mm, I'm going to take that. Plus, it's, you know, Mother's Day's coming up. We'll give a little mom shout out. A great point. It's a great, yeah, no, she is a full born and raised in Rome, Italy firecracker. I mean, she's getting older now and she's kind of starting to do that thing our parents do where it's like, okay, I, you know, kind of need to be around and take care of you a little bit. Um, but yeah, growing up, she was, uh, she's the reason I think I've always been so vocal and, uh, opinionated because she, I always saw her doing it. And she got away with it a little more because of her accent. So I'm, I think now in hindsight, people didn't even know what she was saying. So she got away with so much mean crap. Uh, but yeah, it, it's like, it's, it's, it's good to be here. I mean, she was my best friend. Like we still talk pretty much every day and she's 10 miles away from me at this point. But, you know, it, and it was hard. And I think, um, you know, we've had like, I think, I think the last five years or whatever politically was sort of an interesting time for families uh, across the world especially here. And so, yeah, there was a stretch there where I was sort of isolated from everyone. And I didn't really, I didn't talk that much. It was when Leroy died that I was like, this is stupid. Let's all just be fine. We don't need to talk about certain topics and we'll all be better off for it. You know, she's a tough broad. She had a shitty childhood and shitty growing up. She was a, a hippie 
when my dad was getting off a naval ship in Gaeta, Italy, and she just was like, picked him out. She didn't speak English. He didn't speak Italian. Ew, 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 ew. <laughs> then I was born. <laughs> so the language go. of love <laughs> stepped in. Because especially when you know your parents now and you're like, you guys don't even touch each oh, other. God. Like, how is that possible? <laughs> My parents have been split since I was like four. I could not. It's so funny. So when we moved to Cincinnati, my mom and my dad were both here all under one roof. And yeah. uh, my mom, we have one spare bedroom. My mom kept begging my dad, just let me sleep in there with you. And he was like, get away from me. It was not happening. I'm like, you guys haven't been together for like 31 years. Like maybe revisit it. I don't know. Give it a shot. I mean, not under my roof, but like. Oh, no, you said, wait, get a motel. Not get a around hotel. here. Get a car. <laughs> I don't care. Go away. <laughs> like, no. I, yeah, I couldn't imagine. Well, my parents got divorced when I was 18 and then remarried each other like, like four years later, but I was against it. I was like, yo, have we learned nothing from what y'all did the first time? Back this up. How did this happen? How did they rekindle? That's fascinating. It was, I remember cause I was, uh, I had just left for Austin for UT and I, and they were getting a divorce. And my, so my brother was still here and my sister lived with my dad. My brother lived with my mom. And I remember going to the courtroom and stuff for the divorce proceedings. And I'm very, I'm, I'm a very emotional mix of the two, right? Like on the one hand, I can be very sort of cold and compartmentalizing and business-like, but I can also be a little irrational, reactionary and blah. So it's, so there's never, you never know which one's coming. And so I remember watching this all happen and my dad was very like, you know, and I'm just like, what a dick, like, this is awful. Cause I was 18. So I was very aware of what was going on. They never went on a date for as long as I was around, like 18 years. Never saw like flowers. I never saw like a friendship. They were just how I thought married people were. And when she told me this, I'm like, who? You're going with dad? And she's like, yeah. And then I remember one week she goes, what are you doing Wednesday? Your dad and I are going to get married if you could come down. And I'm like, why are y'all doing this? Oh my God. I, mean, I love, I obviously, I love both of them to death. But they are the reason why all three Beatle kids are not married. There is definitely a reason for that. I've always been kind of fascinated by people whose parents split when you're older. Like, I was so young that I knew no better. I truly left the whole thing fairly unscathed. But I feel like when you're, like, in your teens to, like, early 20s, like, that's got to rattle you to your fucking core. I just remember them fighting a lot. Like I remember because of the whole Italian thing, we would go to Europe like most of the summers and we'd be gone for like three months. I just never remember looking at them thinking, this is what it's all about. This is the dream. I think it was the exact opposite. So when they did say they were getting divorced, I was like, oh, finally, like, well, good Lord, what took so long. But, and that's why the getting, the getting reconnected was like, huh, what? <laughs> but then again, I say that, I also could never even imagine them with other people. So it's almost just like, a, well, they're stuck with each other now. So how is the marriage a second time around? They're much more, um, you know, my dad's long been retired as well. So he like bought a ranch and he, he just stays busy all day and does all that. And my mom's got her dog and like hangs out and they're civil. Like they're actually much nicer to each other. They seem to actually have conversations. This turned out better than I thought it would. Did she date anybody in between? <laughs> God. No. Oh, I couldn't imagine. I could not imagine. No, some man, no, there, there would have been a disaster for her to date another human being, a disaster. I remember getting wind that some girl I went to high school with was trying to set up 
our other person that we went to high school with, like single mom with my dad. And I, again, here comes the irrational reaction. I remember calling that house to speak that girl's mom and saying something along the lines of, and by the way, I was young in my defense, but I was like, you need to worry about your whore daughter than worry about <laughs> setting up my dad. <laughs> Even if it was dysfunctional, still had to save it. So to circle back to some other sports things really quickly, uh, and it is disjointed considering the flow of this conversation has just been a lot of fun, but to circle out before we close out, um, the status of your friendship or lack thereof with one LeBron James. I will say this about that. Of course I took it personally. It was, it was personal. Like he wanted to be fired and tried to do that. Uh, and has had his, like his people have been very rude to me, like whatever. But then I found out after the fact, like when all this sort of came out, I, I would get messages or I would get like texts or video from people being like that kind of shit was happening to them too. Like he was super petty and he would try to have some sort of an effect, whether, whether it be small, bit whatever, like just an effect. It's almost like to exhibit your power, I guess. And look, no one's taking that away. I, I, I'll tell you, he's one of the most powerful people in that whole world. But that was never in question, which is why one has to wonder when you have that much power and you're that large of a, an entity, who cares what any of us say, honestly? So what exactly went down that burned him up? I made fun of the decision and I was one of about a bazillion people that did. And I remember I got a, a this was a long time ago, I guess when I followed him he fo- and I got a DM. It was like, why are you so mean to me on television? And I just sort of laughed it off. I didn't even think about it. Right. I was like, um. and then, you know, fast forward, we're at the Olympics. And I remember people were like sending messages like, hey, they're doing this thing. And I never went like LeBron and all these people were having parties and stuff in London. And I never went to any of this stuff. That has literally been my only sort of two even overlaps in life with that person. That's it. Now, I've been vocal because my job entailed opinions on television and I've never really cared for the way he conducts himself in most things. Like I find it to be very fraudulent and passive aggressive, which is not my cup of tea. But my God, I'm so far from the only one that thinks <laughs> like one of a million people who thought that. So I think he's just a very successful, very wealthy man who still sweats dumb stuff. Like I, and that's just that simple. And it's unfortunate because my goodness, if I was him, I wouldn't even hear the voices. How bothered did this make you? What was like your stress level having somebody of such a high position coming for you like that? Like, that's pretty crazy. I didn't even care because at that point, like when I found out that it had happened, I was already mentally checked out because it he was the smaller of the things that was going on in-house, right? There were people like using sort of the New York Post or what have you as their lying punching bags to sort of paint me in a bad light. and. That to me was way more stressful because people would read that and people would get these ideas that like somehow I'm difficult or I was hard to work with, and which couldn't have been more hilariously ironic considering the source that was giving them this information. And so, and I think what bothered me the most was I was like the idea that Adam Silver of all people must have thought like she doesn't like basketball and she doesn't, she's hard to work. And that pissed me off. That for me was way more of an angering situation than like anything else that I found out about after the fact. So yeah, I was checked out regardless. I was like, no one, cause I wouldn't have been, but no one really had anyone's back. And that, I think that's such a crap way to go about life. Like if you work somewhere and you like the people you work with, you, you want to feel like we were a family, like, you know, Chauncey, Jalen, uh, Paul, and then everyone that worked on that show. But it was like, we were against the world and it was just, why we're, we're all 
doing the same crap. Like it was exhausting. Hence the, I was so at peace for the two years following. What is the craziest thing that you read about yourself in some of these articles? Oh God. Well, it was more like, you know, Michelle doesn't know her information and being difficult. That, that bothered me. I have never been the person that walks in your room and acts like an asshole. It's just something I very much hold dear to heart. And to like read that, I, I could have punched through a cement wall. I was so angry and I knew where it was all coming from, which made it even more angering because I knew that person was an asshole and I never addressed it because I, I was, I didn't want to wade into the cesspool, but at the same time, it was just, it was very hard to like be quiet and not say anything. You can't win. No, you can't win with something like that. And that, you know, it's funny. I remember being told once um, that I, that there were rumors that I was difficult to work with. And I was like, what? Me? Like, what are you talking about? Like, it was so out of left field. And it's funny because when that was told to me, it was very early on to John and I dating. And we kept our stuff under wraps for about six months, I would say, before people like knew. Yeah, people did not know. And then once people found out, it was like this rumor was circulating and I feel like people were trying to like pin something on me to like give me a little bit of shit for whatever reason. I remember hearing that and I was like, what? And you know what's great about that? It's, it's a female thing too. Yeah. I can list you 20 dudes right now that are shitholes to work with. And we hear about it and we've heard the rumors What? and it has never once affected them a day in their careers. It's almost like it's expected. But for us, even if it's not true, you're like, really? Like that matters to you now. That's a thing. And it's crazy too, because even with it, like I know in like my heart, in my core, that I'm like, I know that that's just simply not true and it's such bullshit. But the idea that somebody would try to say that about me and like, that's what I hang my hat on is like being a good person and doing a good job and not to like be a fucking goody two shoes, but like, I don't want to be a pain in the ass to work with. I want to be good at my job. The last thing I do is like to do this job to be a prick to people like ever, ever, ever. So for someone to say that was like, it felt like such a direct attack. I was like, how dare you? To me, it was the worst thing you could say about me. That was why it was so, it angered me so much. The worst thing. And look, I get it in hindsight now because I would always fight with executives. Of course, they're not going to have my back publicly. So it was like, I was sort of in that regard, I did it to myself, but it was just, I, I was like, go ask any crew member I've ever worked on in any show I've ever done in the history of my life. I, I will bet anything on it. I'm good. But it, you can't say that because if I engage with the New York freaking post or whoever, I look like a defensive turd. So there's no winning. And so I just ignored it and, and behind the scenes. And then behind the scenes, I'm like, get me out of here. <laughs> I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> Release me. Let me go, the please. <laughs> and are you watching any professional wrestling? I know you also took a hiatus from pro wrestling. Where are we at? I did, but I checked back in. Well, I started to check out like AEW. I was like, because it's, it's, I don't remember the last time WWE had like a legit sort of competitor, I guess, for lack of a better, I don't know, they're hundred percent competitor. And I did check in for WrestleMania because I knew Stone Cold was showing up. Didn't know he was showing up on the second night and I lost my shit. But you weren't there, were you? Did you go? No, no, no. I, I was like, I was just on the couch, like do, do, do. And then all of a sudden the, the glass broke and I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, <my laughs> Yeah. This is the greatest book. Yeah. So it was fun. It's fun to like, it, that's the great thing about wrestling. You know this more than anyone. You can take a long break 
and come right back. And you're like, yep, I'm all, I'm good. Let's do this. I know where we are. <laughs> it's so fun. One video package and I am back to where I need to be. Thank you so much. I just need a couple who are yous and I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's fun in that regard. 100%. So I, I, I've liked it. <laughs> yeah. Good old wrestling. How's John you- liking it? He's loving it. John's having the time of his life. I mean, it's really, it's really cool. I mean, obviously for me to see him and see the things that he's been able to do and the way, you know, when he left WWE and this opportunity with AEW, but when he left WWE, that was not, not that that wasn't the opportunity, but AEW wasn't what it is now. So he didn't know what he was going to do. He thought he was just going to go wrestle in Japan, maybe pick up some indies. He had no idea. So it's really cool to, to see him thriving, doing the things that he's doing. And then, you know, even the other way to see Cody Rhodes leave AEW and go back to WWE, it's just, it's really cool to see everyone just kind of doing what they want, you know, like you're not beholden to have to do one thing. It's really nice. Well, Beetle, it is so good to see you. So fun hanging out with you. And um, I'm going to be texting you for some, uh, some gardening tips. And you have a different climate, so I'll do some research. Don't worry, I will have good answers for you. We at least have, like, <laughs> humidity here. Like, it's not Texas, but it's at least not the desert. So there's, I feel like things can at least thrive and exist here. And you live in a cold place. A lot of things will survive if you plant them. Like, I learned that this year. Even now seeing, like, with spring here, there's we've got tulips popping up and daffodils and, like, all things are happening. It's really Look at great. us. We're, I like, know. mature ladies now. I know. We really are. <laughs> <laughs> we sure are. Oh, Lord. oh brother. Yeah, but you are coming on my podcast. So yes. I'll just, I'll hit you up. Don't worry about that. We'll be talking. Ah, it's the new world. <laughs> A big thank you to Michelle Beadle for hanging out with me. And hey, you know what? Shout out to Beadle and Colin Cowherd. What a dream team those two were. I've thoroughly enjoyed watching them on television together. Let's get the group back together. Can we make that happen? I don't know. Colin Cowherd has worked with some really incredible women. We talked about that when he was on the show, uh, of course, about working with Michelle Beadle, Carissa Thompson, Joy Taylor. Um, he's really had some awesome women sitting across from him at the same table as him, et cetera, et cetera. So kudos to you, Colin Cowherd. You know the good ones when you see them. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode. Go on, like, subscribe, leave a comment. That stuff is apparently pretty important in the old podcast world, so... If you feel up to it, leave me a little message. I would deeply, greatly appreciate it. All right, guys, until next time, this has been The Session. <laughs>